online. We're also online at WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday, that was foolish. You can grab the podcast at WRQK.com. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, yeah. good news. We got money to give away every nice. single hour. Nice. Every single hour, $1,000 up for grabs. Okay. 845 will get people hooked up with a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge. Okay. And then at 9 o'clock, we're getting them hooked up at New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Fallout Boy, Colt Ford, Papa Roach, and then, not local, but we have a yet another NFL protest anthem song. Okay. Sent in uh, by a listener, okay. Scott, friend of the program, was like, hey, saw this. He didn't give me his opinion. He didn't say, hey, man, I agree or disagree with this. He's like, saw this, thought it might be right for the show. I took a listen. I think, I, well, I think Scott's right. It so, was right for the show. Okay. So we, like uh, we'll take a listen to Neil McCoy. Take a knee, my ass is the name of that there song. Right so, down. so you know where he stands okay, on it. All right. So you're getting like not one but two country songs the, uh, this morning as we are going to play you uh, some new Colt Ford, an artist that both Fantone and myself are both a fan of. How are you, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Cavaliers victory last night. Oh, nice. So I feel like a lot of uh, a, a lot of doubters should hopefully you know start to uh, start to calm down a little bit. Five in a row. I think that was six out of seven for them. So, oh, is that right? Good. Yeah. I mean, and it was over the Pistons, so it's not like that's a huge deal. But still, like you know, the <laughs> ship is kind of. Of writing itself, and everybody can just kind of stay, take a step back and, and breathe a little bit. Did our friend uh, John Holland make the floor? John Holland did make the floor last night. I uh, I did not see a stat line on him, so I don't know if he was he was able to translate in that into anything. But it, that just goes to show you the difference between the G League and the NBA, right there, where guys will go out. John he, Holland, who got and score forty plus in the G League. I was going to say he put forty eight up the other night, right? And then and then you get out onto the NBA floor, and it is just a different world out there. So I mean, that's that's the that's the nature of that beast right there so uh hopefully that is a a continued thing for him is getting some time up there well you know it's bittersweet you know i want what's best for him obviously but i enjoy having him down here he's a friend of the show he likes coming on the show you know what i mean and uh it's nice to have when the canton charge have really good players but i want him ultimately to achieve what he's after now the thing with him is is he's a two-way player which is different than like a regular g league player he can only spend x amount of time up in up in cleveland and i Ah. think it's 45 days throughout the season so he's only got so many of those days where he will be up there where another dude in the g league let's say kendrick perkins another team could come in swoop him up tomorrow. Big perk. You know what I'm saying? Like that could happen where another team could just grab him and be gone with him. But John Holland will be, you know, he'll be wearing a, a charge jersey all, all, all season. Long. Oh, well, nice. I yeah. do like that. I, I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins, which by the way, I, I, you know, going back to the home opener, you know, when I went, that guy is massive. Like he's just like standing next to other NBA like quality bodies. Like he just looked big amongst big them. And if, when when you're big on a court full of basketball players, you're a big dude. Like he's just yeah, that dude's massive. So I'm uh, I'm very interested to hear this new Colt Ford. I chose not to listen to it. Okay. So at nine thirty, that song's called Young Americans. We'll get into that. Um, Black Friday coming up this week. That's why everybody's got a short week this week because it's Thanksgiving. Okay. So Black Friday is, is uh, you know this coming week, and it turns out I'm going to be able to save everyone a bunch of money this coming Friday, and I'll tell you how I'm going to do it next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now text the keyword cash to 200-200. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, new Tour Tuesday, new Fallout Boy, new Colt Ford, new Papa Roach. And Neil McCoy is a country artist who has uh, recorded a song over the NFL anthem protesting. Which, I got to give Fantone a little tip of the cap here. Okay. You were kind of right. I mean, I think it was like, what, five, ten guys maybe on Sunday that did this? Oh, yeah, it wasn't very many at all. I, I mean, this is over. I think the other side is the one that's keeping this all alive. Meaning? 
meaning I think that they keep drumming up like how bad it is, uh, and you know what I mean. And like this would have died off by now if you, if if they would just stop bitching about how they hate the fact that people do it. Oh yeah, if you stop pointing at it, if you stop screaming about it, then it just makes people want to do it more. Yeah, I think I think it was. I think it was under ten guys that were a part of it this uh, this past week in the NFL. And uh, you're you're right. If you just shut up about it, well then we're not going to talk about it. Go anymore. home and tell your kids not to have cookies before dinner. What do they? Want then? I don't know. But we'll take a listen to Neil McCoy's song "Take a Knee." My ass. I'm excited, dude. I think that might be four for four, not a turds. Those are uh, those a- are, or at the very least, three for three. I don't know about Neil McCoy. It's it's not even "Take a Knee, Kiss My Ass." It's "Take a Knee, My, my ass. ass." Like he doesn't buy into it. So. I feel like we all know what his messaging is going to be, so we'll find out if that's any good or not. He'll throw us a curveball. It's a Black Friday. Yeah. This coming week. This coming Friday. Yeah. A lot of money will be spent. A lot of money. Americans, they say, will spend $967 on average this holiday season. Okay. Per person. So, like, that's about what the average person will spend, $967, which, by the way, every single hour on the program this morning, we're hooking you up with $1,000. So, essentially, we'll take care of Christmas for you. Call it a wash right there. Right? So, if you expand that out for the country, apparently that turns into $678 billion in total we're going to spend on the holiday season, just throughout the holidays, not specifically on Black Friday. Throughout the holidays, that's the uh, the the extra holiday expenses. That though. number was put together by the National Retail Federation. Now, if that's considering all people, you got to think there's a lot of kids and like retired people in the in the you know in the in the country. So, like, you know, you say, "Oh, we're going to give you a thousand bucks. That's going to take care of Christmas." Not if it's you, your wife, and two kids. All of a sudden, that's four thousand bucks minimum you're spending. Well, right I can't there, right? fix all your bad decisions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm still working on some of my. All right, guys, like, come on. This study found that 70% of Americans feel that Christmas is too focused on spending, and yet we're expected to spend more this year than we did last year. Would you agree with that? That, that we put too much of a focus on the holiday season, on spending, on gifts, on what we're buying, on what we're getting? No, not necessarily, because like that's kind of my favorite part of Christmas. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be like, but it's supposed to be about Jesus, and it's supposed to be about your family, and it's supposed to be, and it's like, no, dude, I'm a Santa Christmas person. I am. like So like I'm not a huge gift giver, and I don't think that, I, I like, that's, sometimes I feel like, eh, dude, that's a waste of money, but as a whole, like, no. And I also think, too, that, like, as for as like commercialized and like corporate as Christmas is, like, dude, this is a big driver of the economy. And if this is what it takes to get us off our wallets and to start spending money and to start buying products so that people can, you know, well, that is what this is. So for. like, so like, there's a part of that's that's the whole thing where it's like I don't have that much of an issue with the commercialization of Christmas. At that point, I would have more of an issue with the fact that we're all duped into doing what we need to be doing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. At that right, point, right, 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 right. I, at that, at that, who I am as a person, I would worry more about that. They say Americans waste nine and a half billion, or basically, it works out to be seventy-one dollars per person on unwanted gifts each year. So, what they're basically making the argument for is you scrap gift giving for adults in your life. Okay. So, like, if you have kids, like, obviously, give your kids Christmas. Like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, like, bosses, friends, coworkers, you just cut it out. You just don't do it. Oh, I can agree to that. 100%. I knew you would. You hate this kind of stuff. Um, I, I I feel like at that point, and it, the way it all started with me is it was me and my brother, and it, it was my girlfriend and 
you know, my girlfriend and I got them like, oh, well, hey, here's a gift and a gift card. And they got us like the exact same gift and the exact same gift card. And I'm like, well, what are we doing this for, Brian? Like, what are we, why are we both coming off of $50 that we don't want to spend on each Just other? Just text like, me from Starbucks. Right, I'm thinking about you, man. Right, man. Hey, Merry Christmas, bro. And like, that's, all right, that's, that's fair. That's, that's where it all kind of started with me. And then as far as like, I don't know, like your coworkers and things like that. No, I don't think you necessarily should have to come off of a present for each one of them. I can tell you that in my professional life, much like I say this about a lot of things that are happening in the world, but in my professional life, the times have definitely switched from, oh, yeah, you absolutely buy your boss something for Christmas, into now, uh, almost that you don't do that. Um, well, at the very least, I would say a part of it is, for me, has been like, well, this isn't the job where that's going to matter. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like, yes, you do have to buy your boss a gift because that matters in some positions. But like, uh, dude, if no, I, why don't you think that matters? Because he's just the, the kind of person that doesn't care about it. No, our boss is going to look at us like we're idiots if we come in there with a present for him. And like, hey, man, thought thinking about you. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. He's going to look at us like uh, like there's a horn growing out of our heads. I did buy him something in our first year, which ironically was like the brokest I was. Right. And he probably looked at you like you were like you were a moron or something. I mean, yeah, but didn't he ultimately drive home and appreciate it on some level? I don't know. I don't, I, 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 don't. I mean, I would have to. I mean, I, just as a human being, right? Don't you, you have to well, like, even though if you think about it, like, all right, he probably shouldn't waste his money on buying me something. But at the end of the day, it'd still be like, well, I'm a human and I got something like that's cool. Like, yeah. I think what's missing in this article is because, you know, they're making this argument. It's a waste of money. And if you buy things people don't need, it's going to end up in a landfill and all this stuff. Right. And I get all that. And there's truth in all of it. And there's great points in all of it. But isn't there also something and this I can't believe this is coming from the ultimate Scrooge McDuck in the world. But isn't there something about the gift giving and like the anticipation of that and like the, the friendliness of it that that's good that it that it creates a little like hope and like goodwill between mankind. Like doesn't there doesn't there some <laughs> doesn't that happen a little bit? I, I, I guess that can happen in a like, fashion that isn't necessarily going to be gift giving. I mean, like if your hope is there, is that like, well, I hope I make my boss feel good about himself. Like going into his office and being like, hey, dude, I appreciate you. I, I respect what you've done for my career. I, I, you know, the things that you've been able to, the opportunity. See, to- there I think he thinks to me, what do you want? Where if I get him something for Christmas, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, this is like, uh, it used to be a standard. And it's much like I always say, my mom says, if you're on the fence about whether or not to go to the funeral, just get dressed and go. You'll probably be happy you went. I feel like gift giving is very much the same thing where it's like praying. What's it hurt? It's not going to do me any harm to get him anything. Well, it hurts when you financially put yourself in binds through the new year because, I mean, it does. Like, and here's the thing is if I'm buying $50 presents for six people that I work with that I know that, dude, that's 300 bucks out of my pocket. That is effing with my monthly budget. Outside of, well, I will say that in this, we work in a very weird and strange building. Like, I don't want to go too far into it, but ultimately at the end of the day, it would be our direct boss, our direct supervisor, and you would be the only two, and honestly, our promotions person would be another person who would be on my list. As a matter of fact, I did get her something for Christmas last year. And um, that's those three people would be on my list. Now, you and I kind of have chosen we don't do that. Like, And honestly, it's probably better off doing that, but there's something sad about it too a little i don't want to go too far sad's too far but there's something (laughs) i don't want to go great i don't want to go overboard here but there's something weird about it now they say there's alternatives to what you could do to gift giving okay but you're still going to end up spending money 
is they say donate to a charity in their name or do this. I'm telling you right now, if you hand me a card and I open it and I think I'm getting five cups of coffee and what you tell me is you donated to a charity in my name, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to be, I'm going to pretend to be happy about it. I'm going to drive home and I'm going to be pissed at you about the fact that I'm in that Starbucks line and I'm not using your money. So it's not about, so it's not about the goodwill towards men. It's not about that. Nah, give me what I want. It's about, it's about you getting something. Give me what I want. It's about that. So like, so like there, I I feel like, no, this even proves to my point more so of like, well, no, if that's not acceptable, I would, I would be a little annoyed by that. And I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, if, if, if you wanted to do it for like a business or something and you could say like, Hey, you know, made a $50 donation to, you know, whatever your you know, the Akron Canton regional food bank via iHeartRadio Akron Canton there. That's like, Hey, that's my present to the entire building. Like I took, I, you know, I took money out of my pocket and gave it to a cause that I believe in under all of our names there. We did goodwill towards men. So I, I buy that. I think that's the human funds. Fine, dude. Donate to the human. Fund. Ah, let the company do that. I mean, although well, don't, and that's the thing is it, don't our, call it my Christmas bonus either though well, don't do that that's the thing is we're not getting Christmas bonuses we're not. so why would I buy my boss a present if he's not giving me a present and, 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 and all right that I don't hate and certainly he's not he personally isn't gonna come off and be like yo guys hey I got you a twenty five dollar gift card go get no as a matter of fact honestly things have gotten like worse since that like you realize our first year for Christmas he took everybody out to dinner like oh, yeah. remember that yeah. after oh well, it was lunch essentially. You know what I mean? It was like, and it, honestly, he did. He waited until like the last day before the holiday weekend where we all were like, dude, just want to go home. Right. And now he's got us trapped in a restaurant the Wednesday before. <laughs> I, it, it's it one of those things, too. Like, you know, he has access to a ton of different like prizes and things like that. I mean, there's a prize closet. Literally, you could be like, all right, well, hey, guys, you know, I'm cleaning out the prize closet. Merry Christmas. Here's to you. But he would rather burn those tickets in okay, front all right. of our faces. Hold on. Hold dude, on. He would rather I, dude, rip it up. This started as ethically <laughs> Should we buy the guy something decent for Christmas? And you've turned it into him being the worst person on the face of the planet. And I'm not sure that's exactly, well, A, true, or B, what we should be doing. Because, dude, December's cold, dude. I don't want to live outside. That would suck. That would suck. No, I will tell you, in lieu of my bosses and yeah. like the sales department and stuff like that, who normally I would buy gifts for, what I've decided to do this year, and I think this is just smart business, is I've got clients of the show, right. and I probably will be buying some stuff for that. A business but relationship. That's, I, yeah, that, you know. honestly, I mean, everybody knows what that is. That's an investment in your, in, you know what I mean, in your return. Maybe doing like a present to the... I shouldn't have said that now, because if I skip one by right, accident... Right, all of a sudden, Craig Wakeham's going to be like, Stan, man, what the hell, bro? No, I got him. Uh, Believe me, he's covered. No, but it's one of those things that maybe like, you know, our coffee sucks here, and that's been a big problem. So maybe as like my present to everyone, it's like, hey, I went out and bought a bunch of coffee, leaving it here here therefore we can all drink it at work but instead of going around i'm not going and buying each one of these salespeople a present spending 15 bucks on them pretending like that's going to build me some sort of goodwill for the i was going to say dude not. maybe swing by there and learn their names I mean, buy them presents that's probably a little too far paul stanley marilyn manson going at it there's gonna be a war there's gonna be a beef i'll explain it all next on rock 106.9 good morning the stansberry show or the god of your choosing best morning Kent's Rock Station, 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9, and we have Canton Charge tickets for you. 8.45, we'll get joked up with those. 9 o'clock is New Turd Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there, new Fallout Boy, new Colt 4, new Papa Roach, and then we have yet again another NFL anthem protest song by a guy named Neil McCoy. Take a knee, my ass is the name of that one. We'll take a listen to that. All right. I've got the comment section pulled up from his song. Okay. Oof. 
from his uh, from where it got posted. Yeesh. People like to fight on that issue. I don't know why. It's not really an issue. Nothing's happening anymore. Nobody's really kneeling anymore. Nobody's boycotting the games. Everybody goes. We actually looked it up yesterday. Attendance is actually up from last year. Ratings holding pretty good. Down about 5% year to year, but all of TV's down overall 8%. So overall covering its nut better than most of television. Still making a lot of money. And I maintain, like, you show me the list of advertisers that have walked away from the NFL, and then I'll start listening to how all those protests are working out. The Papa John's. Yeah, but then they had, yeah, but they had to go like, but they like went right back though because yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, they did. The NFL, dude, like I've been saying this, is that it's a warm blanket on a on a cold morning. It's meatloaf and mashed potatoes. It's comfort food, man. That's what it is. It's been there forever. It's time honored tradition. It's ingrained in us. I don't think you lose that overnight. Do they have some problematic issues inside the league, and do they need to address some stuff before stuff maybe gets out of hand? And I'm not even just talking about the NFL, bro, uh, not about the protesting. There's some other stuff going on with the league that they got to worry about. Oversaturation, the CTE issue, the anthem issue. There's a few, and they're going to have to address it. But the NFL has shown throughout its history that they kind of have it down. Like, they know how to kind of figure it out. So we'll take a listen to Neil McCoy give you his take on the protesting. Also, 745, Fantone, I'm going to have to uh, I'm gonna have to lay it bare and give up and admit where I was wrong. Okay. And I don't like doing that. All right. No, you do not. But I, uh, but I, as a guy who likes to trumpet how much he's right all the time, I feel like when I'm wrong, I got to give it in. 745 will do that. Today, however, or right now, I should say, Kiss Frontman, one of my heroes, Paul Stanley, is trying to make some headlines. And I'm not really wild with how he's doing it. All right. And he's going after Marilyn Manson. All right. Okay. And I'm not saying I agree with Marilyn Manson. I'm just saying I have an issue with what Paul Stanley's doing in response to Marilyn Manson. Now, as a as a you know a Kiss super fan over there, Stansberry is. I am indeed. I would assume that at some point or another, these two had to have crossed paths before, just because. Let's be real. Marilyn Manson took a page out of Kiss's book, and if there's one thing that Kiss does not like is when you start taking pages out of their book. So, like, I'm sure this has happened. Before, well, what right? Manson's gonna say, and he's gonna lie about it. There's truth in it, but it's also, he's going to lie. He's going to say, no, I'm more Alice Cooper. Well. And, and, <laughs> I, and that's right. But ultimately, yes, the, he and Reznor both took a few pages out of that. Reznor yeah. was a pretty, I mean, he was pretty, I mean, he was pretty open about it. He's like, yeah, early on, I, you know, that was an influence in me. Fair to say that Kiss took a page out of Alice Cooper's book yes, there. So absolutely. Therefore, like, yeah, I've always admitted I mean, that. I right. Mean, like... Welcome to the long road there. Yeah. But Marilyn Manson took his name, obviously, from Marilyn Monroe, and then Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Now, Manson has since passed away. And apparently, once upon a time, Marilyn Manson had covered a song that Charles Manson had done. People kind of forget that, you know, there was a musical career going on there. He was also, like, an environmental guy, like Charles Manson was into. He was into the, you know, the environment and all that. And Manson had covered the song Six City. And I don't remember this, and I don't really know much of the track, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not really fluent in the Charlie Manson songwriting catalog. I'm not really fluent in it. But Manson tweeted out the other day his cover of Six City from like a YouTube video and had a picture of Manson in the tweet. So Paul Stanley then, who, by the way, Somewhere over like the last two, three years has turned into a total 
bleeding heart. I love everybody. I just want to wrap you all up in my arms and kiss you and hug you because that's going to throw people off the gay trail. Right, Paul? And But he's turned into one of those. And I'm sure what that is is a concentrated move in the sense of... We need right. to balance out Gene's Yeah, all right, Gene, listen, go out there and be effing nuts, bro. And then, listen, I'll flip it over here, and then it'll all be balanced. It's okay to, like, kiss because you get right. a little bit of both in right. the band. And, yes, if everything those two do is orchestrated. So I'm willing to bet it's a little bit of who Paul is, and he's not against playing up the character of it. But he has. He's kind of turned into one of those, this isn't right kind of people. And so... Paul then quotes Marilyn Manson's tweet. I believe this is called subtweeting, is when you do this, when basically when you're trying to call somebody out. He says, pathetic when somebody whose career never really took off is desperate enough to try for publicity by connecting himself to the news of a murdering scumbag's death. Now, as a huge Kiss fan, as a Paul Stanley fan, to say that Marilyn Manson's career really never took off is unfair. It's inaccurate. That's, that's inaccurate. Now, is he as big as Kiss? No. But that's not a knock in the musician band realm. Most bands don't hit the level of popularity that Kiss has. I know he hasn't sold as many records because he hasn't released anywhere near as many. I know his tours haven't grossed as much as Kiss tours would. So, like, you can't judge it by that. Kiss worldwide has sold 75 million records. Marilyn Manson has sold over 50 million records. So, So like, it's not like, oh, my God, like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. You sold 50 million records. Your career has taken off. And for me, this is Paul Stanley looking to grab publicity about somebody else trying to grab publicity. So ultimately, I could make the argument for people like this who like to do this, who like to be like, oh, look at so-and-so trying to get attention. That's what you're trying to do, too, by trying to be the cop on Twitter, is that you're trying to be that person, too. You're trying to get people talking about you and look at me and look at how great Paul Stanley is because he's a good person and Marilyn Manson is a bad person. Now, if I'm a fan of Marilyn Manson, as I am, don't I realize that when Charles Manson dies, given the fact that you took your name from him, that you're probably going to say something about it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, right? You know, and it, it, I guess this all falls into, like, what do you expect out of people? It's Marilyn friggin' Manson we're talking about here, guys. Did you did you think that was going to be the shock rock thing he didn't take a part of? Like, I remember Guns N' Roses did a cover of, uh, of a Charles Manson they song. They did. And um, it was, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. A little bit of like, oh my gosh, can you believe they did this? But it's like, dude, they were the most dangerous band on the planet for a while. When it came, when it comes to Marilyn Manson, who has literally made his career out of shocking you, like, what? Why? I mean, the guy named himself after a murderer. Why? Why would? Why would this surprise anybody? I, I remember saying about when he pointed the gun at the crowd. Being shocked at what Marilyn Manson does twenty years into his career is you being kind of foolish. That's yeah. That's on you. That is like. The first time he comes out, you look at Marilyn Manson and be like, oh my God, what the hell is that? Yes. But you're, I mean, dude, we blamed Columbine on this guy. I mean, dude, he's, I mean, he's got, I mean, he's, he's made that level. It's not like he changed his name. It's not like, you know, 
2017 came around and Marilyn Manson was like, you know what? This I, is inappropriate. This is inappropriate. This guy's a psychopath. He's a serial killer. Blah, 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 blah. I shouldn't be this dude. And then came out with this because then you could be like, all right, you're a hypocrite. But the guy is touring under his, the name Manson. What? I, I, Right now. He's on tour right, right now. now. Right now. Honestly, all it made me wish is that these two could maybe put it together, and maybe that's what this is, and maybe you get a Kiss Manson tour. Oh. I got to tell you, the, the, you know, the tour your parents hate, like that kind of thing, I, I, I don't know. Might not be the worst. Although Kiss is no longer that band. And I was going to say, isn't there going to be a generational audience issue there? Ah, uh, dude, you, dude, you haven't been to a Kiss show. Like, seriously, man, that is, I know I'm a fan, but there's something about that band, dude. They pull everybody. They're just kind of a generational band like that. They just do. Like, I can't tell you how many young guys who listen to us will tweet into me or write into me and say, dude, I love Kiss. I'm like, dude, you weren't even alive. But then again, like, dude, their best work was done well before my time, even. I mean, that's just who that band is. I don't know. There's something about it. It's an, they're an institution. I'm sure we're playing them at some point. Where you have a shot to win $1,000 every hour. So we'll get you hooked up next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have $1,000. We'll pass that out. uh, Well, the keyword for you. 710. You'll text it in. You'll have more money than you used to. They uh, actually said recently that $967 is the average a person will spend on holiday shopping. So we'll take care of that for you. You could you your $1,000 at 710 this morning. I'm hesitant to say what I want to say right now. All right. Because I know how people listen to the radio and I worry that people are going to take what I say and misconstrue it and like hate me forever. Okay. But if you ask me, I kind of feel like this Ohio State-Michigan game this year doesn't matter. Jeez. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do I want Ohio State to win? Yes. Will I watch the game? Probably. I'll go somewhere and watch it. I'll be part of it. But when you don't really have a chance to win the national championship, and when Michigan's not very good then what is it really? I didn't go to the university. So it's not like I have that like in thing. It's just I'm from Ohio. I've been told to hate Michigan my entire life, so I kind of blindly hate Michigan. Much like Pittsburgh, although when you go to Pittsburgh, you're like, oh, okay, well, dude, this place ain't so bad. It's actually pretty nice here. No, I've lived in Michigan for big chunks of my life, and it's not so bad there. It's just like Pittsburgh in the sense of the reason why why we all hate it and why it's all like, oh, dude, you're terrible. It's because we're told to. Well, no, it's because it's the exact same area with yes. the exact same people, the exact same food, like, and that's that's what always made me laugh. Like, dude, dudes would be like, oh, you're from Ohio, I want to fight you, and I'm like, for what, bro? Because <laughs> there's a line here, but that's right. exactly what it is. I just I don't get it. Like I, I like I want this game to be bigger. It's considered to be the biggest rivalry in sports. And right. I would agree it's probably on that level, right. right? But aren't we better both served in college football ultimately better both served if both teams are really really good? And there's national championship implications on the line of this game, and there aren't. Well, I mean, yes, in a perfect world, then yeah. But, I mean, I think every rivalry game is going to feel that way, that there's national implications. Both teams are top 25 ranked teams. It's not like it's not like they suck. No, they don't suck. But it doesn't feel 
I'm being told Buckeyes still have a chance if they if they win out. Yeah, I think that's BS, though. I'm sorry. I think, honestly, this is just my take. It's just my opinion. Is that if, if I took another team from another year that has done what Ohio State has done this year and they won out, Ohio State fans would be talking about how that team doesn't deserve to be in. You feel like Ohio State deserves to be in because you're an Ohio State fan. I don't care if they win out and they win by 70 every game. I don't think under the system, if only four teams in the country get in, I'm not sure Ohio State should make it. Yeah, I don't I don't see how you can make that argument. I know I'm a Buckeyes hater and I never want them to yeah, win. Yeah, but I'm a fan. But like And we you, agree you here. You can't you can't make that argument. And I guess, dude, and this is something we talked about with Munch last week, where I, this is a part of the frustration I have with Ohio State and Buckeyes fans. Munch even said, if is, they win out there, they don't go. But, like, why? How is, how is winning the Big Ten championship and beating Michigan not something worth celebrating? How is that not, like, that's huge. That used to be the be-all, end-all of Ohio State, was beating Michigan and winning the Big Ten championship. And now that's just like, meh. I guess part of it is only this. It's not necessarily only the national championship. It's also that Michigan's not as good as I thought they were going to be this year, so beating them doesn't feel like... I like I expect Ohio State to roll Michigan this year. I just do. I expect them to because they're not as good as I thought they were going to be. I mean, I think Ohio State was expected to roll a couple of different teams this year that, they got, that they got rolled on. And I mean, so like... Fair. So I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to say that Michigan could win this game. No, especially when you look at how the game went last year. So... I, how is I mean, like, I want to see it. It just doesn't feel like, oh my God, this is that game. It just this year it just kind of feels like, oh well, Ohio State kind of blew it. Michigan is still waiting for the Harbaugh era to really start with when they're going to be really good. And so you throw both those things together in it, and it just kind of feels like, all right, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but it does not feel as big as previous years Ohio State Michigan has for me. Am I out of bounds here? Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I mean, but I, I do think that's indicative of the bigger problem that Ohio State and maybe sports fans as a whole have here, where it's like, well, if it's not a national championship, it's not worth a goddamn. And it's like, well, I mean, then you're going to be disappointed a vast majority. No, of I mean, again, I'm not knocking the Buckeyes. That's not what's happening here. I'm just saying the game doesn't have the urgency that I'm always told it has. Maybe it's just a me thing. Maybe it's still there. But it does not feel like Ohio State-Michigan week to me. I know people are all over me on Twitter. Dude, it's not over. It's not over. I know. I'm saying maybe it should be, though. Because you would be arguing. Any other big team in the country does what Ohio State does this year. You're saying they lost enough not to put them in. But you want to put them in because they're the Buckeyes. Because that's what everybody's going to do. I'm not knocking you. Welcome to sports fans. That's what we do. But if it were Michigan, if the roles if the, if the roles were reversed, you would be arguing Michigan doesn't go. Just so you know, right? Because they're evil. Michigan's bad. I know you crossed out. You don't use the M in your Twitter handle now, and you got the red X. I know. I know. I mean, Ohio State got throttled by the unranked Iowa Hawkeyes. Throttled. So, like, I just feel like if nothing else... You'd be screaming you lost to an unranked team to anybody else in the country if they were even considered to go to the college playoff now. So Michigan could win this game. It's not like it's not like, it's not like the Buckeyes are just rolling on such a high level right now that maybe it's like I'm they so can't wrong be touched. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's, that's the other the thing. thing. Maybe I'm so wrong that actually the game's going to be really good and competitive. I mean, the game last year was pretty competitive. And honestly, it looked like for a big stretch of it, Michigan was going to win that game. And there are people who argue 
that the officiating was bad enough that Michigan should have won the game. I They played bad enough in the fourth quarter to lose. Sports, they did. Sports fans from Michigan, and I'm not just saying Wolverines, I'm saying if you're a fan of the Pistons or the Lions or any sports fan from Michigan, are the biggest crybabies about refereeing in the world. Is that whole true? Because uh, like I, hockey's like their sport. So like across Red Wings. the board, as soon as something goes wrong for their team, oh, the refs trying to keep us down. The refs, the refs. I, I, I swear to you, that's like a um, dude. It, it is, that's a regional. Like, what? What are you guys complaining so much about? But I didn't know that about all that. the time, dude. All the time. I didn't know that about it. Did not know. I don't know. Like, I'm gonna watch it. It's not like oh, I don't care. I mean, I again, watch me now as I work this in as a cord cutter. Yeah, I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to have to change my behavior that day and find a place to go view this. So I'll be out probably one of the bars watching. Um, I'm going to see it, but I uh, I figure this is probably the place to say it. Dude, R.I.P. Terry Glenn, right? I mean, as an Ohio State fan, that was probably, a, you know. Yeah. He was a part of some great teams there. He was indeed. He was indeed. It was a car accident, right? That was sad. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Honestly, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, you know, before the game, it'll start to bite me. Maybe I'll get the fever. But Tuesday morning, sitting here thinking about it, I got to tell you, it just kind of feels like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's happening, too. But full disclosure, I am more of an NFL fan than I am college football. I like college football. I enjoy it. But I do prefer the NFL game. You know, it's this. Oh, by the way, the NFL, for those of you that don't know, it's this league. No, no, nobody's watching for you. Wait till the NFL catches on. You're going to love it. Nobody's watching it. Here's your shot of the $1,000 right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. I don't want to waste any more time here. I, uh, I just had a conversation with my boss, and he has made a very critical error. And apparently, we had given you the wrong keyword for the $1,000. This is not a me thing. This is not a Fantone thing. My boss actually said, go on the air and tell everybody that I'm the idiot. I made the mistake. So my boss is an idiot, and he made a mistake. We have the right word for you. So you text CASH to 200-200. Text CASH to 200-200. And that is your proper keyword. That is your proper keyword. Dude, when I got that message, or when you got that message, and you're like, dude, the keywords are messed up. Oh, dude, my heart dropped. I'm like, did I have something up? Son of a bitch, it's my fault. Oh, so thank God. During the commercial break, I was actually in his office talking about another issue and I said look man I gotta run back to the studio and he was writing an email about something that was messed up on one of the other radio stations so then I get the text text or not the text sorry it was a tweet from a guy named Kevin who listens to the program was like yo man this was wrong so we look sure enough we're like yep that probably wasn't great so I go back into his office I was like yo man I was like that email you were writing was that about the keywords and he was like no and he's got a like a mouthful of (laughs) mcdicks in his mouth just spitting out like his big breakfast He's like, no, were those wrong? I was like, yeah, apparently this one was. He's like, go on the air, tell everybody I'm an idiot, say I'm sorry. He's like, and make sure you give them the right word, which is cash, and you can text it to 200-200. I'm not happy that that happened because I don't want people to lose the opportunity to He had to win that sheepish, I, I have to look like I, I didn't know what I was doing to, to my subordinate in the workplace, and he's not wild about that. He is not, but what I will say is he'll probably have tail between legs for the rest of the day. Therefore, today and tomorrow, we're good. Here's the thing. I, honestly, I do got to give him a little credit. As a guy who like knocks his boss a lot, yeah. a bad manager, when confronted with having been wrong or done wrong, will get angry about it 
will blame the staff, will make it about something else. Where our manager, as much as I have issues with him, and welcome to just working for people, that's just going to be the way it is. He's normally really good about going, all right, yeah, that was on. He'll own it at least. Luckily, we caught him with a mouthful of McGriddle, and that always puts him in a better mood. So as long Me as too. he's chewing on that sweet, sausage you know, like pancake thing, dude, he should be okay. But that is good news. I'm all right with it. Yeah, that was interesting. I there's I do like that. I like I like when I have like the opportunity to go into my boss's office and be like, um, you kind of screwed this one up. I had one of those moments with him not too long ago, but he was so angry at me in the moment that I just couldn't even really? I couldn't even like try to like no dude, I have proof that I'm right and you're wrong. Oh, that's almost to, worse. I just had to take the tongue lashing. Yeah, no, when you gotta show him the proof, mm-hmm. it's way different than when he just he has just come see to it knows it. Right, right, when he has come to it. And I had the proof and I could have showed him in that moment and oh, I just knew no, he no, would no, no, no. I knew he would have gotten even angrier, so I took the verbal beating for a minute, and then like two hours later I was like, Hey man, I don't know if you saw this and he he just like was quickly like okay all right you know just moved on from it pretended so, like it never happened pretended like it never happened but the problem there is he didn't have a McGriddle in that moment and that's why he was so angry with me that's why he was screaming we didn't have the McGriddle buffer zone there yeah he's like a seal <laughs> you know what I mean like if you want him to do the nice tricks you gotta like toss fish into the in, into the gullet like that's <laughs> that's how he is that's how he works yeah. That's uh, he's uh, well, he's a complex character. The no, boss. he's not. It's just a McGriddle. That's the complexion of it, dude. You get him one of those, he's gonna be fine. Cash is the word you text to two hundred, two hundred. So we on the program um address the issue a lot. That you know, basically every woman has come out and said, "Look, yes, we care about your penis. We absolutely care about that. Right, but not as much as you do. Okay, not as much as porn puts on it. Okay, and you're spending way too much time being self conscious about it. And ultimately, I read a study the other day that said most of the time women walk away from a sexual encounter having thought your penis was actually bigger than it was. Oh, I've said it time and time again. Your wife, your girlfriend, she doesn't know the difference between five and a half and seven inches, dude. If you say to somebody, "Hey, what's five and a half inches?" You're gonna be like, eh. "What's seven inches?" You're gonna be like, eh. "You." Don't know without like subway, you would have never known what exactly, six inches looks like. Exactly, you would have never dude. known. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it really that's who you should be mad at right there. They're the one ruining, <laughs> ruining you know, your length there. But there's a couple of things here that women's claim that are way more important, way more important than the size of your penis. Okay, hot compliments. They say women want to please men by showing them a beautiful body and watching them get turned on by it. The level of vulnerability means a lot is riding on how you react to her taking it off. When you tell her that she's sexy, there's an immediate spike in her libido. And when they get aroused, they barely look at the physical. We can, they say women will hallucinate that you have a bigger penis if we're really turned on emotionally <laughs> and verbally to you. Just, just be nice to her, and all of a sudden, it's like she's tripping on mushrooms. It's just like, whoa. I mean, there's a little bit of this that's like, well, duh. And then there's a little bit of this that's also like, well, God, how awful have dudes been? Like, Oh, I'm sure pretty bad. I mean, dude, how many dudes do you think when their wife takes off their shirt makes like a fat joke? A lot. I'm telling you, a lot. Maybe not like... 50%, but like 20%. Like, dudes will be like, well, no wonder she's hitting me up in the DMs. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, that's probably more commonplace than you think, dude, to really? think they're being funny and who think they're being like, you All know. All right, you know what? I, I can't act surprised. I, 
I would probably, man, I'm probably bad about that occasionally. Especially after you've been with her for 20 years and she has put on weight from when you guys first started dating and like it's not nearly as, well, but yeah, but we tell guys that, like, (laughs) come on now. Your woman wants makeout sessions. Smooching, they say. Kissing gives us the sense that passion is happening. Without it, women can think, oh, this is just mechanical. He's just not that into me. He just needs to get what he's after. Yeah. They say locking lips in and out of the bedroom shows that you want her way more than just whipping out. Well, yeah, Jeez. just yeah, yeah. Don't whip that Finish out. Don't, don't whip that out. I would imagine that this is probably true. Where this is a little bit of why you see stereotypes on sitcoms about guys not being romantic enough, and it's because honestly, from time to time, we fall down on our job about making a woman feel special in this way. And, um, yeah, I bet if you paid a little bit more attention to this, you'd probably get a little bit more action in the bedroom. And I know that, like, as you get older, things that once were novel to you or once were entertaining to you aren't necessarily going to be the case anymore. But, like, for a minute, just try to put yourself back into, like, that 14, 15-year-old you where it was, like, making out was, like, so awesome, dude. Like, making out with a chick, like, that was, like, the coolest, like, thing you could have done over the course of a weekend. And now, like, kissing your wife, you're like, bleh, that's gross. You know what I mean? You As a single person, that. it's still a big deal when you meet somebody new. And you like, make out? is it going to be cool? Are they going to be good right. at it? Or, or did, was there chemistry in that kiss? Yeah, it still is a big there deal. There is something exciting about that. And try to make out with her without necessarily necessarily leading it down into the road of sex. I know sex is the long goal, but if like it's just Saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon, you got nothing going on, dude, just smooch it up with your wife for a little bit, dude. She's going to love it. They say here, wanting to be shown off is another thing they care about more than necessarily the size of your penis. When you publicly praise her, she'll feel beautiful and special. And that's happening in a social context. Boosting her self-esteem is a bigger, more powerful feeling than just being filled up by, well, you know, your penis there. My dad was great at this. And I kind of learned this from him a little bit, where my dad was a public speaker, was a, uh, you know, was a minister by trade. And then, you know, he would, you know, have to like guest speak at places and was a keynote speaker a lot of times and this and that. And my dad would always start that same way by saying, I've been hired to speak to you this evening and it's because you couldn't get my wife to do it. And my, because my mom is actually was once upon a time, a great public speaker. And she would laugh and do one And of my these. mom would get one oh, of these Dean. and see, look. Okay. And so what he did is showed off behind every great man. Yep. There's a woman who actually runs this whole damn show. Yep. And we all know it. I always say it, guys, you can act tough all you want, but when I ask you to go play golf, you got to ask your wife for permission. When her friends call and say, let's go to Coles, she grabs her purse and walks out the door. Who, who's in charge? <laughs> She's firmly in charge. That's the way it works but show her off a little bit and that's probably a good thing also give her an opportunity to get dressed up and look really good yeah. take her someplace with cloth napkins and you're probably going to end up with more action i, I know um uh, public displays of affection have sometimes you know overstepped but that's why i always view like hand holding and at least some sort of like physical like showing of like affection in public i think she notices stuff like that and is going to feel better about herself the number one thing that they want more than a more than just a penis. There's a big wallet. Come on now, Sainsbury. Well, that is true. Okay. This was written by a woman, so the truth is not necessarily right. in here. Yeah, but I want a big wallet too. I mean, you know what I mean? But they do want that. But they say, as cliche as it sounds, they want to be surprised by stuff. Give them flowers, give them chocolate, send them stuff to the office, do things after like a, a nice day, do that kind of stuff. And next thing you know, and there is a little bit of like I always say to guys, they get in their own way of getting the sex that they want. Yeah. Like, if you would just listen, yeah. not just nod, but actually listen, remember something, and recall it a week later, I'm telling you, 
she's going to do something dirty to you later that night. It's just the way it is. It's weird because humans are creatures of habit, and there's definitely some comfort in like your habits of, you know, hey, every night at 7 o'clock we're watching Wheel of Fortune, and then, you know, you're packing lunches, and I'm getting the kids ready to go to bed, and then, you know, we watch an episode of whatever, and we go to bed. There's something about that that, like, is good, but at the same time, like, you've got to introduce spice into that relationship. Oh, God, otherwise you get bored. I mean, you know, you can't just keep going to the same restaurants and then going to the same bar and then expecting everything to be something like go somewhere new, do something different, like try something out, get that blood pumping. And yeah, dude, you'll, you'll get that blood pumping. Honorable mention was cuddling. They say 2000 women uh, were studied. Spontaneous cuddling emerged as the, a number one way for them to boost a woman's spirits. I, I, dude, are men really as anti cuddling as I'm sold? I mean, I like a little bit of cuddling. I was going to say, isn't that like part of being in a relationship that's kind of cool? It's like, there we go. Here we go. It's cold now. Like, there you are, Saturday afternoon, laying on the couch. TBS is appropriately crappy in the middle of the afternoon. It's the same Friends episode you've both seen 3,000 times, but there you are, laughing at Ross together, laying on the couch. Isn't that the whole point of being in a relationship? I thought that was the whole point of it. I uh, I guess I just man I I was always like does this mean what do I what's this mean about my sexuality because I always hear dudes like p- complain about cuddling and I've always been like yeah I don't I don't I kind of like it dude until you're getting an erection from men it says nothing about your sexuality dude nothing you're really fine. I kind of like being the small spoon what does that mean don't worry you're good buddy I kind of like being that one I kind of like being that way all right I love telling you how right I am every time I'm right look how right I was I was right. Well, in fairness, I got to point out where I was wrong. And I've been complaining about something in the state of Ohio for a long time, and they did something about it, and it turns out I was completely wrong. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock. 1069. Hey guys, you guys, Dan Esprit here for North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. North Canton Collision is an insurance claim specialist and they repair every make and every model. And they also have state of the art paint technology. So no matter what type of accident you've been in, they can get your car back in pristine shape. Call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason for a no cost estimate at 330 499 5171 or find them online at NorthCantonCollision.com for more information. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday. You'll uh, take a listen to some new Fallout Boy, new Colt Ford, new Papa Roach, and then uh, we have another NFL anthem protest song. Neil McCoy's Take a Knee My Ass. It's not Kiss My Ass. Take a Knee My Ass is just the name of that song. I, that part's a little weird. But we'll take a listen to that. I think it Everybody kind of can assume what his opinion is on I wonder if Neil McCoy is his real name, or if it's a play on real McCoy, or if it's a play on the kneeling thing. I wonder if that's all part of it. That's way more thought spent on Neil McCoy than I think maybe you should have you should have done this morning. I am excited to hear the new Fallout Boy song. Fall Out Boy is this weird band to me where I'm, I always feel like, why do you like them? You're too cool to like them. You should not like them. Yeah, and then they good, play though. a song and I'm like, yeah, Fall Out Boy's awesome, bro. Yeah, they're good. They man. always, I always feel like they make like, like anthems. I always feel like they're like good, like stadium songs. What's that? I, my songs know what you did last summer. Yeah, that, that, the one yeah. that where he screams light it up in it. My friend Cheryl was in this, like, 
industrial group called Discordia, where they take grinders and like they have like metal on top of like their clothing and they like do that like she did that as a matter of fact they did it at BuzzFeed a bunch of times they've done first Fridays before yeah, too oh, yeah. her friend Ray and oh my god the last one I forget her name and she's like the one who's gonna freak out about the fact that I don't know her name um Jocelyn there it is there it is but they're all they're really good they're, they're great and uh like she does that and that I don't know that stuff is terrifying but she like like that was like their theme song for that. Like she like was a really big Fallout Boy fan. That's how I got like duped into that. But yeah, I agree with you. Like I always like that's one of those bands. Like I'll have it cranked up, and then at the stop sign, I'm like, yeah, let's bring her back down. Let's bring her back down. All right, I like admitting when I'm right. I like victory lapping. Like anybody else, love it. One of my favorite things to do. So in order. To allow myself to continue to do that, every once in a while I like to throw out this, yeah, I was kind of wrong on this one, right? As a matter of fact, I had swore that Colin Kaepernick was going to be in the NFL by week nine. That didn't happen. I was wrong on that one. But here's another one. So here's a little bonus one here. You hear me bitch about this a lot, especially going past like the strip on 77. Because I don't know if you know this, but that road that, that goes by all those restaurants actually inside that strip is like 40. And yet the freeway 77 right next to it is 55. And that to me, I escapes me. Like I can't, I cannot wrap my head around that. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of a frustrating position. And I wonder if, if they, if they open that up to 65, like the rest of 77 is, would it, it some of the congestion of Belden village, would you just be able to skate past it quicker and kind of get out of there? Cause that's always my problem is I'm like, dude, maybe if I could just hit the gas and get out of here. Uh, agreed. Agreed. And I feel like it's speed trappy, so there's a, you know a way for yeah. you know what I mean you know for, yeah. you know for ticketing and the like. And I understand that. I understand like you know, uh, you know the city has to make money. I get it. You'll occasionally see cops around the Hall of Fame, but for the most right part, right there in that field, I don't feel like they like like exploit that. I don't feel like there's always a cop there. You know what they, I mean? There were for over the summer there was always a cop in that like wide you know yeah. they, that wide open field right there right uh, right past the exit like that. They're there a lot, but it it is dependent on the time of the year. Like right around, I mean, honestly, if you speed past the Hall of Fame around that weekend, you're just stupid, right? Because they know everybody's in from out of town. They're going to look to capitalize. That would just be dumb, right? So I complain about the 55 mile per hour thing. I, I've To me, if, on the freeway, it feels incredibly slow. Like it feels so slow. Like I, I just, I, it makes me crazy. Driving slow makes me crazy. I feel like the faster we go, the better we're going to be. Okay. All right? All right? But I'm wrong. All right. The State Highway Patrol says crashes and fatalities have both jumped after Ohio adopted a 70-mile-per-hour speed limit on many roads and highways. They found a 24% increase in crashes on 70-mile-per-hour roads, including 22% more fatalities and injuries. They looked at data from 2011-2012 before the limits took place and two years afterward, meaning 13 and 14. The change affected 570 miles of interstates and 398 miles of like rural freeways like, you know, the um, two-lane blacktops like Luke and all them guys are always talking about. The report said speed-related crashes jumped 16%. While crashes related to lane changes jumped 66%. Essentially saying, wow. as people are trying to change lanes, the faster you're going, you might not see them coming up in the lane next to you. Makes sense. And that would make sense there. 
The patrol is targeting high crash areas, but also encourages drivers to always buckle up and obey all traffic laws. And again, with this weekend, what it is, pay attention to what's going on. Wear your seatbelt, do the speed limit, don't drink and drive. It's so dumb. It's never smart, but around a holiday week, holiday weekend, it's really not smart. You got to remember, man, you guys, you got them guys and those women away from their families that you all get to do. So if you go past them at 10, 15 miles per hour afterwards, you don't think they're going to take that on you occasionally? I know they're not supposed to, but welcome to being a human being, right? Like, I mean, just use a little common sense out there. But I was wrong on this one. And it bums me out, and I hate to bring attention to it, because honestly, I still want... Dude, I want the freeways to be 80. I want it to be faster. So, I guess dead bodies be damned? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, should it... I I mean, no. I mean... uh, So, so if we're looking at the evidence, and the evidence points to... I'm just saying, me personally, it just makes me crazy. It doesn't mean that that's the way we should do it. I mean, I want people to be safe. Would you support, as as we can point to evidence of slower speeds being safer for motorists... Would you support the concept of taking all speed limits down to 55? All, no. all freeway speed limits? It feels like a crawl to me. 55 feels like a crawl to me. Even if that meant, and I mean, what was it? It was it was a 15 mile per hour limit or increase there. And we're talking about, was it 22% more dead bodies? So like we're talking about a significant amount of lives yeah, saved. That's here. a lot of people. I mean, it is. It's a lot of people. Now, statewide, but still, it's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, dude, you know, if, if if you're the one who's mourning the death of, you know, your your brother or something, that's a lot of people. So, like... I, uh, as a matter of fact, no. All right. This is not great about me. All right? But you know how they have those digital boards? Yeah. That say, this is the amount of traffic deaths we've had this year, slow down and all that stuff? Yeah. I was driving by it once, and it said... The number was 216, and I just started screaming MGK songs. <laughs> that's not. That's not. I should I hate giving in on this one, though, because driving slow makes me absolutely insane. Just go is the most uttered phrase while I'm behind the wheel of a car. I need Uber for, like, well, they use my car. Like, the dude comes to my house like, dude, we're ready. We're, we're going to go. We'll, we'll drive you. We'll take you place. That's what I need. The sexual harassment awakening in this country is continuing. The ladies of SNL have a message for Al Franken, and it's not what you think it is. We'll give you that next on Rock 106. Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. You're about to get your next keyword for your $1,000 here momentarily. We'll pass that out. Also, still to come, 9 o'clock is New Turn Tuesday, New Fallout Boy, New Colt 4, New Papa Roach, all part of that. I've been hitting this nail pretty hard last couple of weeks on the show. Probably needs to be. Is that there's a sexual harassment awakening happening in this country. Um, Just every day, it seems like there's another celebrity man... um, being accused and then most times it seems like just admitting yeah i did that and i'm sorry about it so it's not even like i worry that eventually we're going to get to the point where people are going to be accusing people who don't necessarily need to be accused just simply for to switch the power structure from men to women i believe that's coming we're not there yet right so i'm not going to you know what i mean i'm not going to be an alarmist over something that i think might happen but we don't know for sure if it will but charlie rose is now the next one of these his show runs on PBS. He also is a contributor to like 60 Minutes and some other stuff on CBS News. There's like eight women that have come out 
And, you know, the claims are that, you know, uh, you know, groping, kissing, it all seems to be very much similar with these guys, too. They're all into the same thing. Let me grope you. Let me just touch you. And apparently Charlie Rose had stripped naked and ran around an office naked in front of a couple of these women. And it said in, in his apology, he says, you know, well, there's a cultural you know, awakening in this country and it's shown, you know, shed light to me that my behavior was wrong. And it's like, dude, if you didn't know before Twitter that you can't get naked and run around in front of women you don't know, then dude, I'm sorry. Like, that's not good enough. That doesn't cover it for me. Yeah. I mean, you knew it was wrong. I guess maybe the the argument there is that it was accepted. So once something starts becoming accepted, it gets easier and easier to ignore its wrongness. But no, it's your core. You knew it now, was wrong. Now, I will say, I don't know when this all took place but back in the day tv and radio was nuts like when i first got in radio it wasn't necessarily going to be abnormal to see somebody half naked streaking down the hallway in the radio station that wasn't necessarily abnormal when i got into this industry and different than you you know taking a female employee somebody that way you're different. working with and like getting naked in front of that way way different yeah for sure but al franken is another one of these senator al franken who used to be a comedian and it was Leanne Tweeden first who said, look, you know, there was groping, there was kissing that I didn't want and, uh, and some stuff that had happened. And now another woman who met him while he was actually in office claims that they were taking a photo. He grabbed her, pulled her close to him and grabbed her ass. Right now, that's obviously not great. You don't do that. The women of SNL from where Al Franken hails have put out a statement on Senator Al Franken. We feel compelled to stand up for Al Franken, whom we have all had the pleasure of working with over the years on Saturday Night Live. What Al did was stupid and foolish. We think it is an appropriate time, or we think it is appropriate for him to apologize and to the public. In our experience, we know Al is a devoted and dedicated family man, a wonderful comedic performer, and an honorable public servant. That seems like a weird sentence to be using this week. That is why we are moved to quickly... And directly affirm that after years of working with him, that not one of those, not one of us has ever experienced any appropriate behavior. And we want to mention our sincere appreciation that he treated each one of us with the utmost respect and regard. We send our support and gratitude to Al and his family this Thanksgiving and this holiday season. That seems pretty weird, right? It's a ridiculous statement, dude. That's honestly, it's, it's, it's. Offensive to the thought here in the sense of like people can be multiple things to a lot of different people. And just because he was, you know, great on set and you felt like he was never inappropriate with you, that means absolutely nothing about how he treated other people. No, at the end of the day, it just means you're lucky. Right. So like, no, that's I mean, I mean, that's 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 an asinine thought that like, well, you didn't do it to me. Therefore, you didn't do it. This is what's gross about this for me is that. Both sides, and you know what I'm talking about now, I'm talking politics now, both sides have kind of pointed to this issue when somebody's guilty on the opposite side and used it as a, this is why our side's better, which you're both wrong. It's crazy. This goes across both political parties. This goes against human nature. This goes against like what's what's good and evil. Like There's, a, there's not a political thing that's happening here, but... I will say that people have a hard time giving up on people on their side that they want to be good. And I heard another woman say this yesterday, that 
Yeah, what Al Franken did was bad, but ultimately he fights for the right of most of us most times, and with his position is, I think we should let it go and let him continue to serve. Well, I, I guess a part of what this is is that anytime you start painting with like broad, definitive brushes, you're going to start getting stuff messed up there. And if if you just start saying like, well, anybody accused of this is 100% wrong, and you've got to treat every case individually and treat every case because there's a difference between like sexual harassment, sexual abuse, sexual assault. You know what I mean? Those are three different things there. And if if, if we're going to be consistent, you kind of have to just take a step back and like, well, where did this fall on that scale? And where did that like and, and, and groping a woman's ass is sexual assault. Right. I, 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 right. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I saying, know you're not. I'm not saying like, oh, Al Franken's good here. I'm. Tr- I'm not. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to say. Is you have to look at those things, see where it falls on those scales, and then you know make make assessments based on that as opposed to what your preconceived notations are. When the right gets their hands on this letter from S- from the SNL women and they lose their minds on it on the spin shows all day on Fox News, they're gonna be right. This is one of those days, liberals, as, as I constantly get told, go back to Cleveland, libtard, all that stuff. Liberals, I lean left. I'm kind of in the middle, but I lean left. Liberals, this day, today, you're going to have to take this one on the chin. Conservatives are right. They're going to be right on this. Saying that SNL is inappropriate for saying this. This, that, that this statement, honestly, is in bad taste. This is much like how you wanted to get up on your hill and you were right about it, that getting the back of Roy Moore was wrong. Trying to get the back of Roy Moore was wrong. This is the same exact thing. And so when they're spouting off on the mouth on it all day today, I don't want to see you bitching about the conservatives on Fox News today because they're right about this. Should we bitch about the inconsistency? Is there, is there a bitch to be made there? Yeah, inconsistency is okay. But, or, or, you know, pointing out inconsistent, well, that's what Twitter's for. That's so, all it's so for. So as I stand here feeling that Al Franken should be removed from his play, po- point, position of power, is it okay for me to bitch about Roy Moore, too? Yes, absolutely, okay. as long as you're one of those. But that's not what most people are. Most people aren't consistent. That's what Twitter is. It's just going, it's, you know, flip-flopping back and forth in the wind. But when conservatives are losing their S today on TV, they are rightfully doing so. Because that's where you were Two weeks ago, over the same very issue on the other side. It doesn't work that way. You can't be like, well, ultimately, Al's got a better voting record, and he does right for everybody, so we're going to like look the other way. That's not the way it works. Wrong is wrong. And if you're going if you're, if you're to root out wrong, then you got to root it out on your side, too. Clean your side of the street first, then worry about what's happening at your neighbor's house. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. ROCK. 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. You do not have to wait for Black Friday for you to save thousands of dollars on your next purchase. Right now, my friends over at the Wakeham Auto Family are offering you their Black Friday deals all month long. No need to grab the sleeping bag in the tent and sit out in front of the dealership for two weeks. No need. They're offering you their Black Friday deal starting now all the way to the end of the month, including the car I drive, the Honda Accord. Right now from the Wakeham Auto family, you can grab a 2017 Honda Accord Auto Sedan Touring Edition for up to six thousand dollars off or how about the 2018 subaru outback all-wheel drive wagon best vehicle in the snow grab one of those for up to four thousand dollars off or the 2017 ford f-150 xlt super cab 4x4 you can stop by the wake of auto family 
Grab one of those for up to $10,000 off. If you don't know where Wakeham is, you should by now. It's on the Wakeham Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. They're also online. Check their website out, which is Wakeham.com. That's W-A-I-K-E-M.com. So you can take advantage of the Black Friday deals going on at Wakeham right now. Do what I did. Save the Wakeham way. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. A four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge game up for grabs here around 845. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Also, 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new Fallout Boy, new Colt Ford, new Papa Roach. And Neil McCoy has had enough of the NFL uh, anthem enough. protesting. So he wrote a song called Take a Knee, My Ass. We'll give you that. <laughs> I did not know this, but Neil McCoy, I guess, was somewhat of a country music musician uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, had a little bit of success. I didn't know his name. I did not know it either. Interesting. Well, in the 90s, if you weren't singing Achy Breaky Heart in country music, nobody knew who you were. That's fair. That's pretty much, That's yeah, fair. I mean, it's pretty much who you were. It was that and Garth, that was about it. Which, by the way, I mean, can't believe Dirk's Bentley and these guys showed up to ruin country music. I mean, there we were, standing on the integrity of Achy Breaky Heart, and Dirk's Bentley ruined it all. Whatever. I knew this was going to happen when I addressed Al Franken and the SNL, the women of SNL who have come out and said, look, we're going to stand with Al Franken. We don't agree with what he did, but he never did it to us. So Al's all good in our book is essentially what it said. And I knew this was going to happen where somebody was going to write in and say to me, so what? You can't say stuff. You can't say good stuff about people anymore. Just bad now. And it's like, well, dude, getting the back of a sexual assailant is very different than just giving somebody a compliment. And so then, and that was my response. And then back to me is, so if you're accused of a crime, I shouldn't listen to your show or should I wait until you're convicted? Well, the difference there though is, dude, is that Al Franken came out and said, I did this to Leanne Tweeden and I'm sorry about it. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he admitted it and then apologized for it. I mean, it's it's definitely like picture of him doing it. So like, there's there's definitely hard evidence so there. This isn't me. This isn't accusations. This is him saying I have done this, and I think it's crazy. And I also think it's hypocritical for liberal ass Hollywood. And I know SNL comes out of New York, but it's Hollywood. Wants to like constantly lecture people on the other side about how awful this is and Roy Moore and look at all this and look at all this. And the moment it happens on their side, though, well, Al's one of the good ones, so let's keep him. That's hypocritical. Yeah, I, I guess maybe, and my argument different than than this guy's point is like, well, yeah, but I mean, let's let's call out the consistencies across the board. Like, yes, let's if there is hypocrisy, then yes, we should address that. Um, as far as this guy's point goes, though, of like, well, there's you know, it's it's bad to say good things. Well, I mean, Hitler kept the trains on time too, but nobody's <laughs> like, oh, dude, you know what that Hitler man, he really had to be really had a plan together there, right? Right. I mean, like, come on, right. come on, right. Exactly. Like you just, there's certain things you just don't do. Like there's certain things you don't do. So another conversation that's starting in this country over the sexual harassment awakening that's happening is parents of young daughters are trying to figure out what to do with affection between adults and their kids. So the Girl Scouts have posted to its website a reminder to parents ahead of the holidays. And it's basically saying... Your daughter does not owe anyone a hug. The organization wrote that the holiday could, without you even realizing it, also be a time when your daughter gets the wrong idea about consent and physical affection. The Girl Scouts have said, if you have ever insisted, your uncle just got here, go give him a big hug, or auntie's here, give that 
that nice toy, so go give her a kiss, you might want to reconsider what you're doing. The concern, according to the Girl Scouts, is telling your kids that she owes someone a hug either just because she hasn't seen this person in a while or because they gave her a gift can set the stage for her questioning whether or not she owes another person any type of physical affection when they've bought her dinner or done something else seemingly nice for her later in life. I I guess maybe there's a possibility for that, right? Yeah, and let's not act like men don't use niceness as like a payment of sex. We all expect that. That's fair, right? Like how many how many comics have you seen talk about taking a woman out to dinner and she's ordering from the we're having sex section of the menu? What up, D.L. Hughley? As you're running around telling everybody how awful they are, what's up, D.L. Hughley? She's ordering from the she must give you some side of the menu, D.L. Nice. So anyway, this can happen. But can I also make the argument that once you get to be an adult, you think as an adult and act as an adult and you shed what you knew as a kid, right? Like, don't you, like, once you're, once you become an adult, you realize, like, no, dude, I'm not just doing that just because I haven't seen this person. I mean, I think some people you definitely can, but I think there's definitely, like, behaviors that you learn as a child that stick with you throughout your entire life. I don't know. My parents forced me to hug family members all the time when I was a kid at, at holidays. I don't, I don't excessively well, hug people. Well, it's not like always going to turn into the worst case scenario there. I think they're just saying that like this is a moment for you to kind of teach that lesson if you view it as appropriate. There is a major problem in this country with this issue. I would full on agree. But if the answer is the lack of affection between family members is going to be how we're going to combat it, that honestly comes off as sad to me. It's not saying you're not allowed to hug that person. It's no, not you're obligated to. But they're saying that. But they're saying, dude, that, that honestly, your uncle's here. Go give him a hug. Is necessarily like that. That it's bad. I don't know, dude. That feels sad to me, and it feels like honestly the breaking down of the American family a little. I, I don't view it as. I don't view it as like. We'll never hug anybody and never be be nice to somebody. But I I mean, I understand the point of you don't owe anybody physical affection. And I think that's okay. I I don't know. I don't look at it as owed. I'd look at it as like embracing your family members is kind of what makes you family. It's what separates you. Now, I will tell you, it's normally parents who force this on you. As a single person, let me tell you, the amount of times people tell me to hug their kid, I'm always like, well, why? Why do I got to hug them? Like, I'm not related. Like, I'm just... Some dude. Well, but I mean, that and that feels weird to me. But like, if your family, like, dude, I'm gonna hug my niece at Christmas, and I don't want to feel like a creep when I do it. No, and I don't. I, I don't think that's what this is trying to do. I, I don't think that like being an affectionate with a child, but like, it, so so if well, but if that parent is telling that hug, kid to hug you, like, hey, go hug Uncle Dan, even though you're not their uncle, isn't that well? I'm just trying to embrace you and be affectionate with you and show you that I love you and show you that you're welcome. Yeah, here. forcing your kids to hug people they're not related to is weird. That's where I would maybe draw the line and I guess maybe I don't know if it's the right line or wrong line but I would want my family to embrace one another when they haven't seen each other in a while I don't I mean dude that to me sounds like what we're saying is that the American family system is bad I mean is there an opening for some of this yes but I would worry more about the fact that if you think your 10 year old daughter is going to handle things at 25 the way she does at 10 that you're falling down at other areas of parenting and not just this one I mean, if she's still handling situations as a 25-year-old, like a 10-year-old, then you got a huge problem on your hands. And I don't know if telling people to be afraid of family embrace is the right way to go about this problem. This is what I'm always saying about issues in today's world. They get brought up, everybody says it's wrong, and then we 
overcorrect into the steer. And next thing you know, the car's spinning around in the middle of the freeway. You gotta slow down with this. Hugging your uncle or your aunt at Christmas time does not necessarily mean that you are going to then open yourself up to be a victim of sexual assault down the line. That is a wildly irresponsible thing for them to have put out. And honestly, this is why Twitter's telling me no wonder girls want to join the Boy Scouts these days. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday, New Fall Out Boy, New Colt Ford, New Papa Roach. All part of that. It's right around the corner, dude. Pretty excited. Damn. So I've uh, I've been talking about this, and we'll get into this a couple of times tomorrow, I would imagine, too, that uh, I'm not doing, I'm not going anywhere for Thanksgiving. I've been invited about 300 places, and I've just decided, dude, no, I'm not doing it. Every time one of these like weekends comes where I get like four days off from work or whatever, I always end up packing a bag and then going somewhere for four days, being with somebody else's family and doing all that stuff, and then I get back, and I feel like I didn't rest at all, and then I go right back into the next week miserable, and I'm not doing it. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm shutting the phone down. I'm staying away from everybody. I'm, dude, and I'm just, dude, I'm just going to enjoy Thanksgiving. By my damn self. Big which, bear going in the cave right Which there. is what okay. I want to do. All it's right. what I want to do. Okay. And, uh, you know, people freak out when you just don't want to be with them in the holidays. And I don't understand why people feel as if they get to decide what you do for your holiday. I don't understand that. No, they shouldn't. I, I, I don't. I mean, no, if you don't want to do something, don't do something. I'm not bro. doing you it. Grown ass man. You exactly. do what you want to do. I'm not doing it. Right. And I'm seriously, I'm not doing a damn thing. All right. But Pringles now is put out my dinner. Okay. Apparently, dude, they have Pringles Thanksgiving dinner in a box. And you open it, and it's just different flavors of their, of their, well, their chips. Oh, their chips there. And the flavors include turkey, and then there's a mashed potatoes, there's a green bean casserole, mac and cheese, cream corn, stuffing, cranberry sauce, which I don't get. I don't understand how that became a thing. And pumpkin pie, which ultimately I'm not a big fan of. I would rather have probably, probably the apple or the blueberry pie there. Well, with with all of these, I mean, whether you like the stuff or not, I I don't think I'm gonna like the Pringles chips fav- flavored like green bean casserole or turkey or mashed potatoes. That sounds gross, dude. Like, no, thank you. I'm trying to figure out which one of those would be good. Um, uh, probably I would probably say if anything, mashed the, potatoes is the way to go because we're I already think, dealing with potato product. That, that's a good that's a good suggestion. I like mac and cheese just because cheese has already mm-hmm. lend itself to potato chips in the yeah, past. Yeah, I mean it's not that much of a stretch there. So it's probably just going to be like one of those, like you know, they're cheese chips. I guess like every company at the at this time of the year does have a little bit of like, well, how are we going to get talked about on the Stansberry show? You know right. what I mean? And like, all right, Pringles is doing this. There's that Jones soda that does like turkey flavored sodas and stuff like that. Yeah, do they do wild. turkey grease? No, no thing. I mean, yeah, they do it, but dude, that's uh, yeah, I don't get that. What do you? What do you? What are you like? Oh yeah, I'm gonna drink the turkey pop today. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I'm not wild about and that. I was, Plus, turkey sucks. And was it stovetop that just did like, hey, we're coming out with stretchy pants that look like stovetop. That way you can wear. To Thanksgiving and get fat and like I get it because you have to. What are you going to do? We just ignore the marketplace? Well, it's a novelty gift and they right. know somebody's going. Oh, twenty bucks! I'll buy okay. it. Nineteen ninety nine. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, which uh, I mean, it's honestly you, you can twenty dollar bill yourself into the poorhouse. No, of course. I you mean, can. people do it all the time. Of course you can. I can't. I, I'm not going to eat that. Although I do know for sure what it is I'm going to be making for my Thanksgiving dinner. What is that? And I actually posted a link to it. At WRQK.com. It's in the Stansberry Show section. And somebody sent this to me last week. 
And I thought it was a really good, it was interesting. And what they've done is they've made a spaghetti burrito. So you make like spaghetti yeah. and then, you know, you put it in the tortilla there and you end up like frying it like in the pan and then you bake it a little bit and then it comes out and it's like a spaghetti filled burrito. So, so there is a tortilla involved. The noodles, oh, yeah. the noodles are not the tortilla. It's, no, it's okay. All you, right. you put it in the center like you would have what goes in a burrito. You roll it up and you bake it and then you got a little burrito there. And I'm going to do this because it seems simple, easy. And with my dad's mom being right off the boat Italian, Honestly, most of our holidays were spent with like stuffed shells and lasagna and pasta. Like we weren't like a real big turkey household. Like that my mom was never going to make a turkey for Thanksgiving. We were a pasta like family. That's what we ate. That's just what we eat. So you're going you're going Italian on Thanksgiving. I'm going yeah, like you know, uh, my dad always used to call it the, what was it? The the red run between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was like how many times he had to eat his his mother's spaghetti sauce. Between Thanksgiving, and Christmas. it's just the way we were. It's just the way we were raised, and so like that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm making. Are you well, making dinner is... at your house? What are you doing? No, 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 no. We're going to uh, we're going to my parents' house the day before, and then we're going to her parents' house the day of. So I think we have to like make a side dish or something like that. But, but easy, be, yeah. I mean that'll be no problem at all, and maybe a dessert or something. But I'm not I'm not stressed out about the uh, about the preparations of food for Thanksgiving. A- at this point, luckily, it's still like well, we're going somewhere. Therefore, like whoever's hosting, that's the person who it's like oh, sucks to be you bro. yeah that does yeah. that does that does suck a great deal i i knew this would happen when i told everybody i was gonna stay home right and people and i get it right people think it's sad oh my god that's so sad oh my god it's so sad no i i i, I and i understand what you're thinking what's sad is if you don't have a place to go for thanksgiving I've turned down 10 great offers of places to go. I could have easily went to Vegas. I turned down all the places for Thanksgiving. I, here's why, too, by the way. This is a... We should all be thankful for the things we have in life. And God knows I could learn that lesson a little bit more every week than I do, right? But this is kind of a BS holiday, right? I mean, like, oh. this is... I mean, it's Thursday where I stuff my face full of food. I do that every Thursday. This does not feel special to me. Much like my birthday. Oh, my God, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Who cares? I mean, if you're making the argument against Thanksgiving, you can make the argument they're all BS holidays. At the end of the day, there's mm. none, none of them really At matter. least Christmas, there is the gift-giving thing that's going on there. So you're like, yeah, all right, well, I got gift anxiety. I want to give this person this. I want to make them happy with this. And I might get something cool. There's something going on there where thanksgiving is literally just yelling over mashed potatoes why why is it that some days you think masturbating on a holiday that's sad where it's like well being home alone on a holiday that's not sad because again (laughs) masturbating on a holiday is sad that's a rule on the stands right show you're not allowed to do that here so if you listen that's like the new rule right but it when you make a decision i'm making a decision not to go someplace and not having a place to go being 50 Stuck in your house, you, you, you've been a miserable son of a bitch your entire life, and nobody wants you around, and you're alone on Thanksgiving? Sad. When everybody's asking you to come be part of their celebration, and you're like, you know what sounds better than all of that? It's avoiding every last bit of that. That's a decision I'm making for my happiness. I'm trying to be happier. 
I'm trying to be thankful. Honestly, what I want is to feel like I've had a couple of days away from the studio. Where, like I said, most times when this happens, I got to pack a bag, I got to head up north, got to drive an hour, be up there with other people and their family, and pretend that I care about their grandfather's story and like all this stuff. And then, like I said, I get right back for the week, work the next week, and I feel like I have never been away from here. And so there's just a little bit of me. It's like, no, dude, enough. I've lived down here four years. And I haven't taken one of these four day like you know weekends I get and just do nothing with it and just concentrate on me and like reset and recalibrate. I've never done it and I'm doing it. And I, it's not sad. It's a decision that was being made. Not having a place to go, I get. That would be told that would suck. I got plenty of people who want me around. I just well, I'm awful and don't want don't want to go. We have a thousand dollars. We'll give you that and we'll give you New Tour Tuesday. That's all next on Rock 1069. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. My good buddy Craig Wakeham from the Wakeham Auto Family is joining the Stansberry Show now. Now, this being a holiday week, you got Thanksgiving. You know what people are thankful for? That's saving money, Craig. And your guys' Black Friday deals are out of this world. Tell people what you got going on down there. We have Black Friday savings going on all month long. Uh, so you can enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family. And I, I always like to call in and let your listeners know when it's a great time to buy a vehicle. And this is a, this is a retail month. Um, all the manufacturers uh, double down. They increase their rebates and incentives. And so, the, so do the dealers. We know that we're going to get more customers this month, so we offer larger dealer discounts. Right now we've got up to $10,000 off on Fords, uh, specifically the F-150. We even have up to $6,000 off Hondas. I, we've never had Honda Accords $6,000 off, and they're on clearance right now. I've got uh, about 10 Honda Accords, or we have about 10 Honda Accords left, uh, and they're up to $6,000 off, which is a killer deal. And then uh, Subarus are up to $4,000 off, and, and Subarus, all-wheel drive heading into winter. Uh, right now is a great time uh, if, in your, if you're in the market. And then also we have over just around 400 used vehicles, uh, the largest selection in all of Stark County, all here on the Wacom Auto Mile. Yeah, I can speak from experience, man. The Honda Accord's a great car. I bought my car at Wacom Honda, and I absolutely love that car. If you're thinking about a car, I can tell you from experience, the Honda Accord is a great choice, and you're getting $6,000 off right now on the Wacom Auto Mile. Head up there, do what I did. You'll save the Wacom Wacom. Running back-to-back in the 7 a.m. hour Friday on Black Friday, if you guys missed those. That's going way back into the show. First year of the show stuff. Yeah, usually the Saturday show is kind of the week that was. And, I mean, we try to draw from month probably is more accurate, but yeah. But something relatively new. But, no, dude, going back into the classics there, I'm a little bit like, oh, my God, I don't even remember what I said, what I did, anything like that. So I've been dragging stuff in my hand, right? And I was like, well, I don't know what that is, so maybe not. And I don't know what that was, so maybe not. And it was two years ago, and the world's changed already, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything that's in this, so maybe not, right? Like, there was a little bit of that. But I was like, the two pounds of potato salad story, people love that story. And so for those of you that missed it, you'll be able to catch it Thursday. That will be, uh, I believe, 8 a.m. Just a request, and uh, you can put this in or not, but I hope the Stansberry Deer Hunter story somewhere or somehow it makes an appearance. Okay, well, I, I still got Saturday show to Good. build, and... Um, are we off Monday? No, we're not off Monday. No, unfortunately, we have to come back to work. Damn it! All right, all right. I'll I'll take something out. We'll get we'll, we will get the we will get the both versions of the Stansbury Deer Hunter story. Yeah, if you missed those, those were funny. I'll get those on on Friday. Very well. Starting new tour Tuesday. Now we have new Fallout Boy. This is called Hold Me Tight or Don't. Already starting like Fallout Boy. You just know yep. that's going to be a big part later in a chorus. They know how to make hits, dude. There's they no do. question. I agree. Whiny front man, I kind of like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's totally a whiner, whiner, but I like him. 
not a good singer at all, but fits the band. I mean, it's not a great band, but like he very much fits that sound, fits what he needs them to. Yes, he's perfect for them. I like that line. I took too many hits off this memory. I like that. That's a great line. They're the Maroon 5 I like more. Like, this is a little Maroon 5-ish, but I, I like Fall Out Boy more, I think. I didn't like that chorus. It, it, it wasn't rocky enough, and I'm not saying, like, don't you know who Bruce Metal is Fall Out Boy, but I don't know. I no, feel but like they, can, they can amp it up a little bit, and that was not the best version of that. I thought that was a Thanksgiving reference there. I did too. But that is not a Thanksgiving <laughs> reference. There's right. something coming out of you. All right. Of fudge and Next year, though, the stuffing that comes out of you, there'll be somebody pulling out a turkey and using the <laughs> Fallout Boy for like a Target commercial for sure. I want that to be better. You know, we do this every week. We give one band, like, all this credit. Yeah, they're normally great. Make a great song. They're really good. And then we play the song, and we're always, like, sheepishly, like, man, yeah, that, that boy, wasn't good. <laughs> that did not prove what we were trying <laughs> man, to say. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. Luckily, Fall Out Boy does have a resume outside of this song. They've done some things in their career. Yeah, they all been all right. Not as good as this brownie I'm about to eat in the middle of their song, though. <laughs> Damn, look at the size of that. Nice. I like the snaps. I like that. I think that's cool, but I would have missed that. I think people like that. Like, oh, I can snap, too. Like, oh, I can snap on me. Oh, make them be part of it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. That's yeah. that's something really obtainable. Can't sing, but I can do this. Well, neither can this, dude. Have you ever seen them? Yeah. Fun show. Very good life. Yeah, fun show. You fall out, boy. Hold me tighter down.
So there's new Fallout Boy. Hold me tight or don't. I uh, man, I was expecting a lot more out of that. Phantom, give me the vote there, buddy. It's a turn. I was expecting a lot more out of that. Fallout Boy, like I said, uh, really good at making hits and usually hits that I want to listen to. That song was neither of those things, so I'm gonna call it a turd. Yeah, I have to agree with you. That song was not very good. That song was a turd. It's a turd. We have new Colt Ford. I hope he picks it up for us. That's Young Americans. That's next on Rock 1069. Rock 1069 already played you the new Fallout Boy. Hold me tight or don't. Fantone and I both voted turd on that one because it was not good. It was not that good. I expected way more out of Fallout Boy than that. We have new Colt Ford here, and I want to be like, man, I really like Colt Ford, but in today's day and age, two months from now, he's probably going to be a rapist, and so I don't want to be. Jeez. I don't. I don't want to be on record Jeez. being like, man, I like that guy. Like, I feel like I can't say I like anybody anymore because of what we might find out about them in the next thirty days. But Colt Ford is a guy I like. Kind of mixes country and a little bit of rap. Then never really sings. He hires a lot of like A-list country singers to like come on his records and sing the hooks and like. But he's got a new song called Young Americans. Let's take a listen. Not a lot of people using the harmonica in country music anymore. I think you could probably do that a little bit more. Yeah, that's not so bad. Actually, he's playing, dude. uh, Oh, the 25th. Look at that. Medina, Thirsty Cowboys. Maybe I'll go to that. I like Colt. I bet that'll be stock full of decent scenery. Yeah, I might go to that. We're free to main free and gas ain't cheap, but we burn main streets and trucks and jeeps with the radio up and the windows down, trying to live big in a small town. Hanging like a pair of power line sneakers, we were tongue tied underneath the bleachers. Is that a thing out in the country? Is the power line sneakers? Does that happen out there too? Is it just on the southwest side of Canton? I believe that's how Hoosier started. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hanging like a pair of power line sneakers, we were tongue tied underneath the bleachers with a home. Town honey, a little bit of money and a hand me down ID. Singing free bird and free falling. Sing your class and backwards falling. Minimum wage burning holes in our pockets. Cups half full with a hole in the bottom. Sing sweet home and don't stop believing. No plans of a kiss. I don't know who that is singing for him. He always does that though. Which I'm interested. I know I once got dragged to a Colt Ford show before I liked him, and I so I wasn't really paying attention. But like, I wonder how he does that on the road. Like, how does he do that? Like, um, probably has two backup singers with him because he's a live band guy, right? I've seen oh, him yeah. before. So like, he probably has two backup singers. He kind of sings it. They kind of sing it. I would. Assume. I was gonna say because I mean, dude, he's got heavy hitters on his records. Like he's got Jason Aldean. I mean, he's got all like Luke Bryan's on a bunch. Eric Church is on a bunch for him. I mean, he gets like the A lister. So I was like, I wonder how he's gonna handle that Saturday. Shelf top popping, we were flying high on the zigzag rocket. We all knew it all, but we didn't know nothing. Living off loving and laid back buzzing. Singing free bird and free falling. Singing class and backwards falling. Minimum wage burning holes in our pockets. Cups half full with a hole in the bottom. Singing sweet home and don't stop believing. No plans that we can't stop dreaming. There is a weird thing that happens in country music, and it's there's this competition to be like the biggest patriot and the best American. Mm-hmm. 
in country music. And honestly, and again, it comes up in those national anthem protests. We're going to get into this here a little oh, bit yeah. when we play you that song. And, and and I'll reiterate then, but like I don't like that game because I would fail at it. Like if that was like the test of like whether or not you were a good person is whether or not like how big of a patriot you are. Like don't get me wrong, I love this country, but there are a lot of you who I think would pass the patriot test of like how much you love this country way more than I would. Like that's a bad system. I don't like that being the system. You feel like there's a line in the sand somewhere of what is and is not acceptable patriotism. I don't know. I haven't thought about that, but that's an interesting. I I feel like sometimes I'm like I should like I sometimes feel (sighs) guilty when I hear people talk about patriotism because I'm like, oh, I don't know if I feel that way. Now, I'll tell you this. I love living here. Right. Okay. But it's because of the rhetoric that's sold to me on the rest of the the rest of the world. Like, I know I like living here more than I like the place that I would like to live in the places that are awful, but how do I know I would like living here more than the places that are good? Right, right, right. The rest of the world to us is sold as awful. No it's Nigeria. It is. It's right, Zimbabwe. Right, like, right, that's right. it. It's that's all wor- you got. The worst of the worst there. Um, I guess, I guess where my thing comes in with country music and patriotism is like, sometimes I doubt that, that effort. I doubt that, that forced patriotism. I doubt that Toby Keith aspect of like, no, I'm 100% a patriot and I love this country more than anything. And it's like, dude, you're just doing that to sell records. So it's not so much I feel like I would fail that, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's hollow to, to bang your chest like that. What Toby would say is that sometimes his messaging, you're taking it as if it's his and he's singing you the songs from a perspective of another person. That's what Toby would say. Okay. And make room there. They're back to this cold forward. This is Young Americans. It'd be better if someone better was singing it. I don't know who this guy is, but... I recognize the voice, but I can't locate who it is. But you're right. It's a winner of a chorus. Yeah, it is. If it were Eric Church or Jason Aldean or some of those other guys that he's gotten in the past... I just kind of like Colt, though. So, like, no matter what he does, I always end up just going, yeah, it's all right. He tried to make it as a professional golfer. Got drunk, fell backwards at a tournament, broke, like, did something to his ankle, and then that was pretty much the end of that. He's a hell of a player, though. Young Americans there. And that's new uh, Colt Ford. Fans, don't give me the vote there. Eh, it's mm. half a turn. Um, definitely not a hit record. Country radio is not going to embrace that. If they do, it'll be like in the, hey, it's the country music, new music server challenge or whatever. Um, but decent enough song. And like I said, the chorus was there. They just needed somebody a little bit better on it. You and I are in lockstep again like on this. I, I absolutely totally agree. I'll spin it in my house, but that's not a hit record. And I agree. He should have called one of his bigger, more powerful A-list country friends to sing that hook. Because Free Bird and Free Fallen and all that, that's all home run territory right there. But I got to vote half a turd on that. Eh, it's mm. half a turd. We have new Papa Roach and then another country artist, Neil McCoy, yeah. who has written a song, Take a Knee, My Ass, all about the NFL protests. Will you get both those next on the Stansberry Show? This is how much time it takes to realize the other shows suck.
Zion. Back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Already played you the new Fallout Boy and new Colt Ford for New Tour Tuesday. Fantone and I in agreement. Fallout Boy, not good. Colt Ford, eh, kind of in the middle there. We have new Papa Roach now. Born for Greatness is the name of this track, and Jacoby's 50, so we're waiting any minute now. <laughs> any minute we should get this greatness. They are pretty good, though. I, I, mean, I like to give them crap, but Jacoby was actually a great guy. Good dude. And this band's better than they're not. Usually. Watch now as this song was up. You know, you, as as that song starts like that, you could make the argument that Papa Roach does not get as much credit or blame, depending on how you want to look at it, for the introduction of rap rock into popular rock music. Like, people always say Corn or Limp Biscuit, but Papa Roach was right at the forefront of some of that. Yeah, I think the the era of rap rock has been very miscued, and you're right. Whether it's through rose colored glasses or through turd colored glasses, we kind of look back and misremember stuff. Um, I I think maybe it wasn't Papa Roach was so much. I mean, Last Resort kind of has that an, an innovator, but yes, they did take things and move it forward. Yeah, it's not like they it's not like they invented the genre, but no, but they carried the flag onto the field and like you know spread the way there. No, we're not nameless. We're not faceless. We were it's because he couldn't sing. It's not like he's a rapper by any stretch of the imagination. I always just felt like this dude couldn't sing. Where Fred Durst, it was like, well, he's kind of a rapper. Linkin Park, kind of a rapper. I feel like Jonathan Davis was kind of that, too, where it's like, dude, he's not really rapping. He just got lumped into, like, that. Just, it, he's not really rapping. It just happens to rhyme. Right. Is kind of how I feel about that. Somebody sound the alarm. There's him not being a good singer. Oh, yeah. But this has a good build off of this Faceless, we were born for greatness. Oh yeah, gotta yeah. do it. Gotta have one of those nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's a little too close to the line of EDM for me. Um, they know that though. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. That's what they're trying to do. And yeah, what they're trying to do, and you can hear it. Is- the Bowl Championship Series on ESPN yep. this Saturday. You know, tip off at 10 o'clock. You make more money doing that than you do selling records. Which, by the way, Taylor Swift sold a million albums in four days. Wow. Could have passed this off as the fallout boy song to me though. Sure. This uh this second chorus here will be the payoff. The sky is falling and the world is 
we're born for greatness. Welcome to the NBA Finals, right? Alabama, Clemson on ESPN. Which, I mean, God bless you, dude. If you can write a song and it's like, dude, who cares about the record? Who cares about the artist's integrity? I just want to get paid. Dude, good for you. I wish I had that talent. There's just just creating things that got me paid. God, do I wish I could do that. That's what I was saying the other day. There's a difference between a band and an artist. There is. There's a difference. Like like Nickelback is a band, but that's okay. There's a place for that. I don't hate it. I think it's going to be LeBron and Draymond Green back and forth NBA Finals, and this song's going to be right. And this song's going to be playing the NBA Finals. Probably the start of the playoffs. That way, there's a little yep. bit of everybody who's going to be the great in the end. Yeah, I could totally see that. That's new Papa Roach, born for greatness. Fans, don't give me the vote. There. Eh, it's half a turd. Um, it's an anthem for sure. It'll find a place in the sense of yes, it will be used in commercials and stuff. I just don't know if that song's a hit. There was something missing to it. I don't think it's necessarily a hit. It will find its way into commercials, but I actually really liked it. So I'm going to vote not a turd on that. Not a turd. Yay. This is listener submitted, and it's not him per se. But it is, uh, he found this online and sent it to me. We, uh, we had done it a couple of weeks ago. Somebody else had created an, an NFL you know, anthem protest song. And so a listener of ours, Scott, sent this one in. And if I have my facts right, this is Neil McCoy. And his song is Take a Knee, My Ass. Not Kiss My Ass, it's just Take a Knee, My Ass. Starting things off with the piano, tickling the ivories here. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Kind of lazy songwriting. You can't just start with the pledge, right? Like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to say a pledge. We'll put it to music. Songwriting. It's terrible. Oh, come on. I'll stand and place my hand upon my heart. You should finish the pledge once you start it, right? <laughs> Disrespecting the pledge. A little bit. When I see somebody on TV take their stand on bended knee, oh, whether it's on AstroTurf or grass. AstroTurf has not been used in like 25, 30 years, dude. <laughs> That's not happened. <laughs> That's true. I think of those whose freedom was not free. And I say, take a knee, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> stand up for Take off my hat for old glory. Thank God I live in the home of the brave and the land of the free. I'll honor the ones who gave it all. So we're all free to go play ball. If only <laughs> for their sake, I won't take. Valley Forge to Vietnam, 
<laughs> oh my god, that's always. Oh my god, it's always that. It's always that. It's always you, you know. Here's how you know. Stand or, or stand or kneel. Here's where you, you. This is where you can draw the line. If they say Nam, they're standers. <laughs> Nam is you're on the side of they stand. From Valley Forge to Vietnam. Nam, you might be all right with it. <laughs> Nam is like, well, I don't know. We'll see which way it goes. But if it's Nam, you're, you better stand and say Nam. That's how the that goes together. Forge to Vietnam, 9/11 to Afghanistan. That star-spangled banner does yet wave. I won't forget. I owe a debt of gratitude. I never can repay. Well, go to work and work on that instead of singing me this. Side by side, American heroes fought and died. Showing some respect too much to ask. I speak for those whose freedom was not free. Not free. All right, dead soldiers, don't worry. This guy speaks for you. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry, dead soldiers. It's fine. This guy is representing your voice. You don't have to worry about saying it. Because Neil McCoy is going to say it for I you. I mean, talk about a group of people you shouldn't try to stand up and say that you're the voice of. It happens all the time, though, dude. I, I, I always say when it comes to military issues, military families, they all get brushed in this one very specific way, and there's no other room for, for, for opinion there. And it's like, dude, these are the people what, who you hate the truth. Right, exactly. That's the like, first thing people say. You're right. You are right about that. I speak for those whose freedom was not free. I say. Who are you to speak? Who are you to speak for fallen soldiers, dude? Who do you think you are? That's Neil McCoy, dude. Dude, that's unbelievable. To me. Well, maybe uh, here's the thing, okay? We don't know. Neil may have served. Even if you served, you don't just automatically get to be the voice of all soldiers. You well, know? you know, I mean, that's how people talk in broad strokes, especially when you're singing songs. I'll stand up. All right, so I obviously have a couple of opinions on this. All right. Okay? <laughs> All right. A, the kneeling's pretty much over with. I think it was 10 guys this last weekend. Might have been under. It's up been over for a while. Also, we've been hitting this pretty hard this week. The NFL protests are not happening. We've looked it up. Actually, attendance year to year is up. Ratings overall are holding pretty firm as to what's happening with TV. They're sliding. The NFL's ratings are sliding less than TV year to year. Right, The rest of what's on TV year to year. Also, it should be, we've done a bad job of not reminding you of this the last couple of days while hitting you over the head with this, is that the NFL hit an all-time high two years ago. What happens after all-time highs? You're going to come back down to earth just a little bit. Trust me, as I'm in the ratings business, I can tell you it happens to this show all the time. It's peaks and valleys, just the way it goes. But ultimately, the NFL is afloat. It's fine. It's not going to be an issue. So you're still watching it. And I think, honestly, dude, the side of the people who hate the National Anthem protest, you're the ones keeping this going. 
if you would just stop talking about it, I think, I think less guys kneel next week, next week, and then before you know it, it's over. Isn't that kind of by design, though? And maybe not the people who are upset about it, but the people who are like pushing this narrative to the front. I Anytime mean, a narrative's that big on Facebook, somebody is pushing it for a reason, and right. it's because they want to get paid. Right. Well, they want to get paid, and they don't want you paying attention to something else. So right. it's like, dude, if I can give, if I can throw you a bone and have you, you know, foaming at the mouth, it's like, well, good, you're paying attention to this, therefore not paying attention to that. Actually, I was listening to a little Bill Burr yesterday, one of my favorite comedians ever, and he was talking about this, and he thinks, dude, he's like, he's like, he goes so far as to say, he's like, dude, fast food is a conspiracy. So you ever notice that? The government will be doing something stupid. You'll scream at your TV talking about, I can't believe they're going to pardon all these CEOs. Right. Next thing you know, like, the McRib? Chicken instead of bread, it's delicious. And he's like, dude, he's like, they just distract you with that stuff. And I think he's probably right. I do have a programming note for tomorrow's show. Okay. Normally it's Friday, 730. But it is Ohio State-Michigan the, a week this week, and we're not going to be on the air on Friday. So I've asked, and Mark Munch-Bishop will join us tomorrow. Oh, yeah, brother. He'll get you all pumped up about <laughs> Ohio State-Michigan. So that's tomorrow. Aside from that, we're done. Teresa does have another opportunity for you at ten thousand. Nah, I'm sorry, at one thousand dollars at ten after the hour. Ten ten, she'll give you your next keyword. Aside from that, we're done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, six a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here from North Kenton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. North Kenton Collision is an insurance.